We are back once again for another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. Episode 92, almost at 100, but at 92, with Dan Panosian, who is a artist, writer, creator, comic book industry veteran here on the Capes and Tights podcast. We talked his comic book series that came out on AWA on uh, February 1st, Black Tape with issue one. Issue two hits uh, its shelves March 8th, and issue three is coming April 19th with issue four coming near after that. It's a four-issue series over at AWA Studios. We also touched on a little bit on Else Ever After over at Boom and much more. So enjoy this episode with Dan Panosian on the Capes and Tights podcast. But before you do, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also Apple, Spotify, and all your major podcasting platforms for a five-star review. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Enjoy episode 92 with Dan Panosian, comic book writer and artist. Thanks, everyone. Welcome. How are you, Dan? How are you? I'm doing good. good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, well, we just talked a little bit before recording. We're on either ends of the spectrum here. You're Los Angeles on Maine. Weather's a little different, a little cold outside right now, but it's starting to come spring here in Maine, so I'm happy about that. I, I, sunny Los Angeles, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's been pretty, it's been pretty uh, cold lately. I mean, we, we've got East Coast uh, temperatures out here, and it's it's also raining quite a bit. And okay. I have leaks, so it's oh. real pleasant. That's the one thing I will say is that my house is fairly new. I, I live in a townhouse and it's, we moved oh. in when they had finished, like literally we signed our lease to rent this place originally when they um, didn't even have like studs on the wall. Like it was like framework of the place. And I, I had oh. lived in a different place with the same landlord and I was like, hey, you're building these new spots. How about we move in? And mm-hmm. so we're actually the first tenants here. So we're actually pretty happy that there's no leaks, no, oh, no issues. Yeah. Yeah, California is not made for rain. So every time it rains, these houses, like, you know, new things pop up. Also, the power inevitably goes out because heaven forbid it, there's the drop of rain. Like traffic is just, you know, people are freaking out. It's, it's we're not used to it for sure, especially Southern California. But it's funny in here in, in Maine, we, we, we were used to crazy, like, but, like oh, yeah. high, uh, cold temperatures and weather, but still people like decide that they have to go like, take all the bread and the milk and the eggs out of the supermarket <laughs> and, and uh, horror it all because they feel like that they're going to be stuck in their houses for weeks on end. Oh, man. Um, the last time I was stuck in my house for almost a week was 1997. So wow. it's like it's over 20 years since I've done that. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a different animal, but still as long as you have some food and water, you're fine. You're not have to like exactly. pack down for the apocalypse here. Uh, but so obviously you've been in the comic book industry for a while. Uh, I, I won't say a long time, but for a while. Um, yeah. And let's go back a little bit. Like, what's the origin story for you? Like, what's your comic book origin story? How did you get into comics, reading and collecting in the first place, and then actually into the industry? Well, my my dad was a uh, commercial artist, but he also was always trying his hand at um, doing like syndicated comic strip work. But he really loved he liked comic books. Um, mm-hmm. He grew up in the Depression era, so he's like he was like an older father, you know. But he was um, kind of a hippie, I guess, in his own way. Like he was a very interesting man, but he he loved comic books, so he introduced me to um, 
I think one of the first comics I ever had was that Neil Adams uh, Batman, where Joker is holding Batman in that card. That was one of my first comics, and um, he had worked tangentially with Neil Adams on some kind of. Um, uh, Neil Neil had like a advertising agency. Uh, continuity was they also did um, advertising work and commercial work. So when, I think they. Uh, he'd done some Burger King artwork. Uh, it, it, I was pretty sure it was Neil Adams. And um, looking back, and he, had, my dad had picked up all the like, basically the stuff Neil didn't want to draw or their <laughs> studio didn't have enough time for. Or I, I don't know how it worked. I was a little little kid, but he, my dad was aware of Neil Adams. He knew who Joe Kubert was, John Buscema. He liked uh, Walt Simonson and um, Alex Nino. I'm trying to just think of some of the artist he was mm -hmm. familiar with and he, he, he introduced me to and so um i kind of got into it in that way and uh just started I, I think i really got into collecting when i was maybe in the sixth seventh grade i say because i grew up in at that point our family had moved to florida and i, I could like bicycle to a comic book shop mm -hmm. even though it was miles and miles away i could i could get there and hang out. I, was, I had more of my own time. So it was fun. I mean, I just really got into it. I was always, I'd always been drawing. And by the time I was 14, I was, I decided this is what I want to do with my life. And it turned out pretty well, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd advise my son to be a comic book artist. I'd say be a dentist or something. But... And do, do, do the comic book art on the side, right? Like do it yeah. once in a while. Yeah, enjoy it. Collect, collect <laughs> comics, enjoy them. You can always draw in your free time. Yeah. You know? So at some point, over, I mean, you started, obviously, you, you broke in mainly as an artist, uh, you know, but at some point you decided to start writing some comic books. What was the first comic book that you got published that was writing? Uh, it was probably at Extreme Studios. Okay. Um, maybe that was Extreme Prejudice Zero, or maybe it was Profit Zero. I don't, I don't remember, but it was little things like that. And I had written mm. some other tiny things. Um, you know for smaller publishers mm -hmm. but that was my dream like I, you know i grew up reading you know john Byrne comics when i was a you know teenager and walt simonson and frank miller and i had subscriptions all these things and my favorite you know i just leaned towards the artists that actually did the writing also mm -hmm. i mean you have a very pure vision at that point and then you know frank miller broke off he was, <laughs> he was writing things and um you know dave gibbons was drawing them and etc and uh, Jeff Darrow and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz and I mean you name it Mazza Kelly I mean all these artists kind of sprung I wouldn't say Dave Gibbons sprung from that but certainly Dave Mazza Kelly got that massive spotlight and was able to showcase his unbelievable skills mm. with with, a, with very meaty stories that people just you know chomped right into I, I mean that was my inspiration it's, it still yeah. is I still have like this uh, I just I'm, I'm thrilled I can I can do this and now I'm finally in a place where I can write write a lot more like I'm writing these days more than I'm drawing which mm -hmm. is a lot of fun you know definitely I mean, enjoy it. It, it not the, not the ones easier than the other what, what would you so would you rather like if you had to choose one would you rather write or would you rather draw. Oh, I never thought about that. But, well, um, this is a, obviously, it's a stupid yeah. question because of the fact no, that you don't weird. ever have to chew. You have to chew. Yeah, I mean, if you well, lost the ability to draw for some weird reason, you'd maybe still be, type. It'd probably be the writing, honestly, because um, you know you can collaborate a lot more. And it and I and I didn't know when I first because I've written um, slots and, and drawn it also. 
and written a few other little things here and there. And it wasn't until I started working um, uh, at, at Boom where I started, other people were drawing the stories. I was a little nervous and apprehensive, like, well, I have a very clear idea of how I think this should look. Mm -hmm. But man, it was, it's really fun to see an interpretation of, you know, that just watching the collaboration happen in real time is, is a lot of fun. It, it brings that kind of joy of comic books right into it. Obviously, I mentioned off the top that we're, we're, we we want to talk a little bit about black uh, black tape, but or I, actually before we recorded, I said that honestly. <laughs> now that I think about it, but yeah, so black tape is a is a new book uh, that recently we're at issue two now on mm -hmm. uh, at AWA Studios, right? I believe that's where it is. Yeah, right? yeah, it's AWA. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I was second guessing myself on that, but um, <laughs> it, the AWA Studios is where that came out as well. So that this second issue just dropped last week, I believe. Now that we're yeah. from the time of this recording. Um, how did that story come about? Well, I mean, I, I, I grew up in that era where, um, I, I love horror movies like that, like that, those type of films. I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't hate like scream or anything like that, but I really prefer movies like the omen or, um, Rosemary's baby or that, that more thriller aspect, um, and suspense horror, um, genre but i also mm. like cult films like billy jack and i i wanted to merge like that alfred hitchcock sort of weird maybe alfred hitchcock isn't even the right word because i don't know if he he would have tackled a, a something like this but i don't think that was his speed you know the, the sat satanism and rock and roll but, <laughs> but it's that kind of that that kind of vibe it's more this this comic book is more of a slow burn it's not a gore fest there's not mm -hmm. you know vampires on every page shredding people up and you know blood splattering everywhere it's but you know, there would believe me there's it's going to be in there it's, yeah. it's going to be gory, but um there's going to be some nice build to it so i want to everything i do i want to give it kind of a cinematic approach and, and this was no different I, I you know i see it unfolding that way even if you know it's it's never developed or anything i think from a entertainment platform mm -hmm. you know some of the best comic books do that they you know like watchmen kind of builds and you know these i i think i think we need a little bit more of that in comics or at least i do so you know you got to please yourself first but i live in laurel canyon where black tape takes place it's a big mm -hmm. rock and roll mecca or at least you know it used to be um during that time period like the late 60s 70s and you know a lot of great musicians collaborated here they still live here you know you got icons like rick rubin out here just you know blocks away from me um it's, it's pretty cool uh, you know and i don't know i've always been fascinated with that kind of 60s cult satanism sort of thing you know you see the the devil dressed up and he's got like mm -hmm. a pipe and you know maybe a hugh hefner style <laughs> outfit of some kind i mean it's just kind of goofy but it's but it also it was crazy back then like anything devil related just terrified you know the general public mm -hmm. it was so you know oh my god this is awful like you know kiss was considered like this horrible you know oh my god you, you're, you let your children listen to kiss what's wrong with you you don't know what they're saying but they play that record backwards you know <laughs> and now you've got movies where people are throwing up in the theaters Oh, uh, and passing God. out at the <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's insanity. But back then it was you know a, a rock group like Kiss or yeah. you know you even listen to Ozzy even doing 
you know, you can go back now, you can watch all these interviews on YouTube. It's like early Aussie. And he's just like, no, it's a a shtick and we're having fun. And, you know, he's, but it didn't matter. It, you know, I I believe they're they're called entertainers. Is that what their job is? Entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what's funny about it. And um, I just, I just love that, that fear mongering that, that went along with it. And so I wanted to kind of capture that kind of like, period aspect of it and i and i just i you know i just love movies like that I like those cars i like that music i like yeah. the uh, the people and the, the the weird you know evil stereotypes you know and for those who will be listening to this and, and don't know uh the black tape is uh based off of jack king who was a lot of rock and roll god who uh, projected a stage persona on par with the devil after Jack dies on stage? His widow Sydney uh, grapples with grief and struggles to protect his legacy, unaware that she is being surrounded by dark forces that covet the master tapes to Jack's final unreleased album, a heavy metal masterpiece that just might open a doorway to hell. Which, right there again, if you were any, into any of that stuff, that solicitation is like, okay, I gotta buy this book. <laughs> um, what what, what led to just just writing the book instead of being the cartoonist and, and illustrating it as well? Is it just timing, or is it the partnership Basically with timing? And um, you know, you're uh, as a, as a comic book creator of, in any capacity, you're always pitching and you're um, you know doing so you don't know what's gonna what's gonna go and when it's gonna go so you might be working on a project um you know at this case uh, when this was we started this pre-covid with mm-hmm. a, a different artistic team it was like a a dream team handpicked by um the axel alonzo and mm-hmm. you know when i found out these these two were available i was blown away that didn't necessarily work out i mean it was kind of a bittersweet uh, thing but then um Axel suggested Dalibor, and I saw his work. And what, what I like about it is it doesn't look like superhero. Like you can't see that guy necessarily drawing the X-Men. And you don't, you, you know, luckily comics are so diversified now as far as the genres and um, styles that, you know, a guy like Dalibor is never going to be out of work. Like he, mm-hmm. he brings something to the table and emotionality. Like, um, you know, you, you can you can see the doubt on someone's face or the fear or the anguish or the intrepidation. Like that's a that's a very crucial story. You know that's that makes for a good story, a storyteller. Sorry, and so he he brings something very unique. There's a it also like if you look at it, you, you go, oh, Jesus, this could have came out, you know, in a Warner creepy magazine yeah. or you know or some black and white Marvel magazine back then. It, it has that cool quality. So very thankful for Dalibor, the colorist. Uh, I was killing it also every every part of it the editing has been great um we've had a lot of time to, to work on it and craft it um originally it was going to be an additional issue um but we had to condense it which is not you know sometimes that's a bad thing but you know sometimes it's, it's good because you're really forcing a lot you know I, I do know a lot of readers do do want a lot of action um mm-hmm. so do i you know as, <laughs> as a comic book reader so I think, you know, the negative can be a positive. And, and I, I love the way we, I might be in the minority. I might be, I don't know. I haven't really seen how it has uh, uh, come out yet, but like mini series are great to me, in my opinion. And, and a four issue miniseries, one of those things that like, 
if you're apprehensive to pick up a book, but the pitch sounds pretty good, but you're like, I don't know, I don't want to commit to something. Someone can commit to four issues. Like that's not oh, hard yeah. for you to commit to right to to uh, to a reading and, and getting into. And but like you mentioned, sometimes squishing things in can. I I feel like you had the right issue. Issue number one. Um, I don't obviously want to spoil it for anybody, but issue one number one had enough in it to get you introduced to the characters that you were portraying in the book but also uh set yourself up but also not go too fast but not too slow it was a really good timing on that and then a nice mm-hmm. like almost like cliffhanger at the end of like like an episode of a tv show would have where you found something out and you're like oh interesting i really mm-hmm. need to pick up the next issue next um but not enough that you get pissed off that you didn't learn enough in the issue yeah and uh crucial. It, it very crucial and and so but also, like you mentioned with Dalibor, like his the, the artwork in this is is great because up close has a lot of detail. The further background has a detail where there's no detail in the background where there doesn't need to be. And yeah. there's just it is a sense of um darkness to it, but also brightness to it. I, I don't know. It works out very yeah. well. And the partnership between the two of you uh definitely uh worked out well for Black Tape yeah, for sure. A lot of, I mean, the collaboration is interesting because it's not I, I don't want to step being an artist myself, I don't want to step on another artist's toes. <laughs> at all because i know how that feels i, I don't me personally I, I don't like a lot of art direction I, i'd like to i'd like you know i i grew up i got i got speaking of neil i, I got to work with him for a little while and he goes mm-hmm. when it's in your hands whether you're the inker the letterer the penciler or colorist it's in your hands now mm-hmm. and now it's your job to uh, complete that part of it and move forward that's your vision and nobody should be telling you uh you know what what's going on there so i I kind of took that to heart. It's hard to make Los Angeles gloomy. I mean, we do have a pollution yeah. problem or less and less now, thank God. But um, in general, it's pretty bright and sunny out here most mm-hmm. of the time. So to give it a horror feeling, you know, you have to be kind of clever. The color has to be clever. The yeah. locations have to be clever. Um, when the story takes place, you know, typically more so at night. Um, is going to give it that ominous feel and you know, little little things you can do mm-hmm. make like paradise. Inside, uh, yeah, you, you want to make paradise a little bit of a hell, so that's was our goal. And it, and it could not say easy, but it could have been and a direction you could have gone is just focusing on Jack King and his connection to the hell and, and doorway to hell and all that stuff. But the idea that you made it is is his widow. Uh, Cindy, who is the actual one that's distra- uh, discovering this stuff and so on and so forth while trying to protect his legacy. I think that's a great storyline, too, because it's just a little bit different than what some people might have done, what direction that someone else might have gone. Yeah, I think I mean, we could have very easily taken it like the struggle between Jack and his record label. And it, it mm-hmm. could have been all about that, like him trying to get out from under. And mm-hmm. But it, it Cindy is really just a fish out of water. She's a you know, she's a fan basically um who uh a groupie who got to marry her rock star you know god her fantasy and then all of a sudden before she knows it she's all alone she's you know she's a fish out of water in los angeles surrounded by sharks and you know we you know we've all been there anytime you move to a new city go to a new school start a new job you're a fish out of water you feel kind of alone and so it's a very relatable position. And then you, you add the element of, you know, her life being in danger and, um, you know, that definitely ups the stakes and makes for a good story. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you have to do, I mean, obviously you said you're a big fan of a lot of the, the things you use in this comic. Did you have to do some research though, on top of what you already knew? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, about towards the end, especially um, when you get to issue four. I mean, I wanted to make you know, I, uh, you know, for the record, I'm not a Satanist. You know, so <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I had to, I had to really kind of study like, well, what's these ceremonies like? What are these things like? What are, who, who are the people involved? And um, are there any, um, you know, books that are considered like uh, holy text, etc. So I had to kind of, there's a very Hollywood term, I had to do a deep dive, in, you know, into, into that. But it was, you're learning about that stuff. You're learning about the people who kind of crafted um, the, that cultism, um, you know, the turn of the century up until like the 50s and 60s and the lifestyle and, and how they did that. And it's very interesting. So I wanted like, if, if there are people that are really like deep into um you know, they they want to find like, oh no, that's not real. This is not real. I think they'll look at it and go, oh my god, he, that's that's actually on point. So maybe by the end of Black Tape, if you read it, you can summon the devil. You know, look at that. I don't know. Or you read it backwards, <laughs> right? You read yeah, it backwards. You read it backwards you can. Yeah, but that was the idea. I was like, I want to make this as authentic as co- and cool as possible, but also just you know, sometimes if you if you're too married to um, reality, it can kind of suck the life out of the story. Well, and you you go. This is on the heels of releasing Alice Ever After too, right over at Boom, and mm-hmm. so you're now you're more of a children, not children's story, but what people consider a children's story, but oh, yeah. dark, uh, and to this uh, Satanism and all this. You just just all over the not all over the place. You're all dark over here, right? Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely dark here. What's funny <laughs> is my wife was like, "Oh, you're." I have the that little uh, nickname that I always give myself with all my uh, like Twitter and Instagram handles, Urban Barbarian. She was interesting that the Urban Barbarian, you know, it's got a book called Black Tape, but it's, you know, it's a girl protagonist and Alice in Wonderland is, a, you know, <laughs> give me a little bit of hell about it. Busting That's amazing. Thoughts. But speaking of it, are you getting more issues of Alice in Wonder- Alice Ever After? Um, I think I they announced sealed. that. Yeah. Uh, right. I was going to say, the- my lips are sealed. I, I can't, I'm not allowed to say It anything. says... According to Boom, a journey oh. back at a twisted wonderland of Ever Alice Ever After was announced at Comic Comics Pro uh in on February 20th. Oh, they so, did. Yes, they announced it. It says, yeah, I got an email from the press release from the uh, media de- or marketing department. It says, as well as Damn Them All and Briar is also getting new arcs. And a journey back to the twisted wonderland of Alice Ever After is also oh, very coming. cool. I didn't know they had announced it yet. Yeah. So look at that. So that's yeah, we're working on it now. That's um, awesome. A lot of fun it's um yeah i i, I kind of like this series even better than the first one and i okay, think good. it gives it's going to give fans more of what they liked from the first one because um you know every everyone's curious about wonderland and so um alice ever after took place it's primarily you know in, in the real world hypothetically mm-hmm. and there's little bits going back to wonderland like you see little glimpses of it in this it's kind of the reverse so it's it's more yeah i'd say it's 90 percent wonderland so it's it's a lot of fun and it gives you a lot of room to to play yes whether you're the writer or um the artist like i've already seen pages and uh, it's beyond my expectations i was like oh wow we should have switched originally (laughs) for the roles because yeah um we're lucky enough to have the same team back and um it's it's going to be uh, I'm already blown away. I was looking at pages today. It's amazing. 
Oh, is this something that you went into writing and you, what was it? Was Alice ever after number one? Was it six issues or five issues? I think, I think it was six. No, it was I five. think it was six. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I think, so I think it was five for some reason. And, I think Boom's format is five. I could be wrong. I, I think not. you're right. Be right. Five. It's five. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have it right here. Um, the, the, we, so you got obviously given five issues and then because it was, did well is that why you're getting more or is that like yeah i think they were happy with it and okay. the pitch for the uh, second series i pitched about three things and they they greenlit all three things at boom and we just kept shuffling around like well, which one mm -hmm. which which one is the strongest and they came back to this one and i was i couldn't be more pleased because i really was excited you don't you don't always get the opportunity to um revisit these things like with you know, i did that book slots at, um mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to do more. I had up to 24 issues planned. I think every writer, you know, anybody in any capacity in this thing that you get excited and you start planning and planning and planning. Same thing with An Unkindness of Ravens for Boom. I had 24 issues planned. You know, it just, um, it didn't get the audience it needed necessarily. But um, man, I would have loved to continue that. So so this opportunity, I jumped on it. I'm like, it's not going to, you know, you never know. And Alice luckily did, did pretty well. So... Um, hopefully it continues. Yeah, and I like that format. I was talking about earlier about miniseries and the idea that if you, I wouldn't have a problem with all publishers just giving someone five, four or five issues, six issues, play around with it. If it does well, then we'll continue going on. We'll do yeah. a second story arc. We'll call it Alice Silver after colon something or whatever you want to do. Um, and that way you're not committing. And a lot of us as readers like would hate to read three issues of a comic book book and then have it be canceled or four issues oh, yeah. before. And so just saying, we're going to give you four issues, five issues, and there you go. And if it does well, great, throw it, sell, sell it and trade and great. Mm -hmm. Or we, and we can do more if it's, if it's yeah. somewhat open-ended at the end or, or if it lives in the same universe, like mm -hmm. if the book closed, <laughs> but maybe you have something that lives in the same universe, you can offshoot it from that, that format's great. And obviously it worked with Alice ever after, and it's going to work with Briar, uh, it sounds like, and it sounds like, what was the other one I read? Uh, Damn them all. Both of those are getting new story arcs, even though they were only mini series. Yeah, to start that's off what with. I so, learned. That's what I learned mostly from um, an unkindness of ravens. Like it was a mm -hmm. big story, and you don't know if you're going to get, you know, issue six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So, what happened at the end of an unkindness of ravens? It's it's kind of a you can kind of fill in, you connect the dots, and figure out what's going to happen, but. It, there's not a conclusion at that point mm -hmm. um, to the trade paperback. It's kind of like, oh, I guess we know who, who's who. Some a lot of the questions, probably 60, 70 percent of the questions are answered. But you know, I, I learned love like, look, you have one chance. You have five issues. Tell the story that you want to tell in five issues because you might not get another chance to revisit. And with with. Uh... You obviously have the miniseries black tape and then you have this one coming up too are you still drawing other places too or is this oh yeah like... I'm, I'm finishing up right now the last issue of canary with um scott snyder um and that's being published by comiXology and then dark horse is going to collect everything and i don't yeah. know I, I think their uh, business model is to publish them issue by issue and then um, collect it into a trade paperback and we might do an artist edition for that hopefully cool put it on Kickstarter or Zoop or, or one of those crowdfunding uh, platforms. But um, yeah, so I'm drawing now, I'm doing a lot of covers. And then um, I, I have, uh, you know, after Canary, I'll, 
I'll be I'll be drawing something else, most likely something I I write. Um, so it's it's exciting, and I do a lot. Of, I mean, the covers are fun too. Yes, you get to dabble in um, in all these different characters. And it, well, not, I, I like my job. <laughs> <Pretty happy with laughs> That's, yes, I, I like the the, the the cover artist part and doing variant covers and other covers like that for, for other issues. I've always equated it in somewhat sense to someone who letters books for various comic books too, which is the idea that you get to work on a bunch of different people's projects. And, yeah. you know, it, you know, if you get stuck on one thing, you just continuously drawing the same characters. But if you get to do, you know, if you're in the industry and if you can draw a Star Wars comic book if you want or oh, yeah. Electra or whatever, it's kind of cool to be able to do all that and, and still also have your own creator own projects as well. Yeah. It's uh, like even we have Richard Sarkin's lettering Canary and he'll, he'll write, you know, I'm just always love that guy's work. And I just equate him with um, you know, some of my favorite comic books. Um, so seeing him excited about, about the work, I'm like, Oh man, man. This is this is awesome, and mm -hmm. what he does with the pages, you know, like getting the proofs beforehand, all of it, um, it's enjoyable. It's it's awesome. I think black tape is great. I think black tape uh, has a little bit of all the elements that you would want, and it's different than what you see on on the market right now. I think I think it's one of those ones that stands alone. Um, there's a few rock and roll horror type books. Actually, there's that one I've... that came out. Wasn't there one yeah. that came out the same month as black tape? Uh, yes, what was it? What's um, the name of that one? It's, it's uh, from IDW, though. Yes, it is. I just uh, Breath of Shadows. Yeah, and I was when I saw that, I, I wasn't even aware of it until Black Tape came out, because I was like looking at that, and I had even like tweeted um, something because I was like, oh, I like that cover, and yeah. and also Black Tape was right next to it on the stands when it had taken a picture, and then I looked into it. I'm like, oh my god, I hope it's not the same. And it's it's so different. It couldn't be it's more so different, different. Yeah, which is great. But I, man, I was a little concerned initially. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is funny because I had actually uh, about you know three or four episodes ago, I actually had Alex and Rich on the creators oh. of that book, and uh, they didn't even it's not even they brought up black tape it's not even like in their minds it wasn't even like i said there's this connection to the rock and roll part but otherwise yeah, they're it. both different it's, their yeah, own it's like thing. a superhero like they're, yep. they were both wearing capes batman yep. has a cape superman has a cape it's but yeah i was i was uh i was happy but <laughs> i was happy it wasn't the same thing let's see but but outside that there's <laughs> there's the idea that, that there's not much out there for this style so i love that standalone issue that if you're into something like this then pick this up because it's definitely worth it and it's only four issues and that's the big yeah. thing to me is like grab four issues of a comic book make it simple read the whole thing uh issue three drops in april april 19th i believe and so that would be your uh third of the four issues and i'm guessing yeah, issue five comes in or issue four comes in may right and that's what yeah, i'm guessing issue four is a little oversized okay. um which is nice that's what i like about awa we you know we i think Every issue, if I'm not mistaken, has a different page count. I mean, there's never going to be anything below 22 pages, but I think in some cases there's 24. I think the final issue might be 28. Um, you know, we didn't get five issues, but we were able to do um, get a little bit longer. The trade paperbacks would be awesome. We got yeah. some like um, amazing. We got you know Dave Johnson cover. We have I got I convinced Walt Simonson to draw a cover. I got the ink. I, I didn't get to ink it. Um, I colored it though. Um, and we got that amazing Joe Casada cover. I got to ink and color that. Um, so there's some Carrie Nord did a great cover. Um, Mike Diodato, and then even the team, um, Ferguson at um, AWA made all these, you know, 
you know, I guess homages to, you know, famous rock albums. Mm -hmm. um, so that was cool. Too. Yeah, there's Those, the cover. The, the variant covers on this are pretty neat. I had a, this, yeah, that's the cool thing I think about when you have a book that's in the genre, like a like a, you know, if it's a horror movie type thing, people doing the movie VHS variants of things, uh, but like having this be a, in the rock and roll uh, genre, you can always add that. You said there's like an ACDC album, I believe. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of different rock and roll. Jack is back instead of yeah. back in black. And yeah, those are those are always fun because I mean those are the yeah. ones that if you're big into rock and roll. Then that's a variant cover that you might be able to pick up. Yeah. Um, we even have a Motley Crue one, Shout at the Devil, um, mm -hmm. which is not quite that era, but it's still cool to see, you know. Yeah. Black Sabbath, they did, you know. Actually, it's funny. I thought about it afterwards, too. Black it's Sabbath one. Um, horror comic book. It's a rock and roll horror comic book. I said, I wrote it. Such, it's such like a metal comic book. And I was like, oh, a metal cover variant would have been great. Yeah, like a limited edition, fifty copies of of a, a metal cover of a of a rock that and roll. Been cool. Yeah, that was <laughs> a good idea. yeah, they did a oh, um, black tape, uh, Masters of Hell or Master yeah Master yeah. of Hell cover. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just looking at the different covers they have on online here, that but yeah, it's, this it's it's so cool to do that stuff. And and it gave you you obviously do cover A, um, mm -hmm. because you can't stay away, right? You just got to make sure you're no, I I have to, and I also. You know, for every every book I've worked on where I created it, I do the logo also. Okay. So I'll create the logo. I create the logo for Ravens, for Slots, for this um, book that Mad Cave is collecting. It was a European, um, you know, they do those oversized um, mm -hmm. graphic albums. And so they're collecting um, both uh, albums of John Tiffany that I drew over there for Lombard with Stephen Desberg. Stephen Desberg's the writer um, of Scorpions. And mm -hmm. one of my favorite artists, Enrico Marini, is, you know, he, he did all of them. I think he's already done like 12 or 13 volumes of it. But it was kind of an honor to work over there. And it's an honor that Mad Cave is collecting them. And we added some additional pages to that. But but it, it was exciting. Like every, I'm, I'm happy. I, I just love that. It all takes me back to my childhood where I get to create the logo. I get to mm -hmm. have my, my hand in every part of the pie there. Yeah, well, I mean, up. I love the logo too, because that's one thing that if anybody uh, listens to this podcast on a regular basis, it sounds like a broken record, but I've just, uh, I, with the way we have creators and designers and artists in there, and then you have a comic book that comes out with a subpar logo and trade dress. Oh. I've always just been like, who, how many people went past this go past and no one yeah. was like, yeah, we've got to change what this says here. Cause this is, doesn't work with whatever we're doing yeah. here. I just, it, it's, it, and it goes up from, you know, big two all the way down to the small publishers. I'm just saying uh, like. I'm shocked. Uh, I like, I'll do a cover for Marvel or DC and the logo placement or the size yeah. of the logo or just the logo itself. I'm like, that is absolute garbage. It <laughs> is. It just ruins it, you know? And then I just, I just did a, Variant cover for Venom, and they did the logo perfect. I'm like, wait a minute, the old Marvel's back. Yes. You know, this is like <laughs> classic Marvel. I'm like, whoever put that one together, like, they knocked it out of the park. Um, I just, I just don't get it because I'm like, you know, I, I'm a designer by trade, and, and I, I. I don't want to like pat myself on the bad, but I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't want to like, I see a logo on the comic book, comic book and I'm just like, some places, the, you don't even see the art. Some places have these in, in racks that the logo is what you see. And if it's mm -hmm. not an attractive logo, then no one's going to buy it. At least yeah, put something some logos simple. Are, yeah. There's some <laughs> logos that are cool looking, but they're completely unreadable. Then there's yes. some that are just like so under-designed. And then there's some that are such a throwback to like 
maybe the 80s mm -hmm. Marvel comics that you're like, that just looks out of date. There's nothing. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, it, it could be where, I mean, I have a Captain, uh, the Marvel comics group, Marvel team up, Spider-Man and Captain. It could be like that too. It's just cool, but it's also like trying to figure out what that comic book is actually called. Yeah. <laughs> It's confusing too because like, is it a Spider-Man comic book? Is it Captain Britain comic book? No, it's a Marvel yeah. team-up comic book. But the team-up yeah. is so tiny. So there is this, but like I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I see a, a logo that works so well that I'm so happy that I want to shout out the person that did it. Black tape's great. I love Thank the logo you. for black tape. So that's the C. It works overall. Well. It's also they have a very dark covers for most of them. I'm guessing so the the white text pops right off of it. Yeah. Perfect. So it's great. Yeah. There was another logo that was drawn by the the first team. Um, that was exceptional. I think it was, I don't know if it, I think it was Rico Renzi um, mm -hmm. created it, and uh, it, I looked at that. I'm like, ah. you know, if he had stayed on the, if he was still on the book, he, he would have. We would have used that logo because it was just he knocked it out of the park. It was perfect. Um, but this is great too, and this book came thanks. out well. So like, I'm, I'm pretty excited for issues three and four. Um, you know, I got to actually read issues two again because it's one of those ones that I like went through it because I just got it the other day. And, uh, but yeah, so before I close it up here, I'm gonna close this up right here for the game with art, you're, you're illustrating, you're writing and all this stuff. What does a typical day look like for you? Like, what do you, do you wake up, do a specific thing, a specific day, or do you just try to fit whatever deadlines first and put that in? It there? honestly depends on the deadlines. Um, because I, I try to like wear a few hats and you just can't, it's hard to switch gears. You know, like I, I do have a son and, you know, there's, there's school and it, it breaks up the day significantly. So um, I try to focus on one thing per day. Like if I'm doing a cover, um, luckily I'm pretty fast uh, with the art. I'll, I'll draw the cover and color it that day. That might mean I'm up until midnight, but I'm like, I'm getting this thing done. So tomorrow I have a fresh start. Mm. And um, I, also, I also get kind of bored easily. Like I don't want to keep staying on the same thing um with the writing um you know luckily it's 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 creator owned stuff so i'm inspired and it goes mm -hmm. that goes pretty quickly um time flies but yeah i have to it, it's whoever needs the thing the quickest i i don't like to miss deadlines so i like to be on top of it the people you work with must love you then because missing deadlines, I'm sure, <laughs> is not so. a fun thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're, getting, you're still getting work. So obviously, I'm someone likes work. what you're we'll doing. Know. <laughs> if it drips off a little bit, then we'll know so I'm doing something wrong. But I, I'm very excited and I'm glad you came on because uh, uh, Black Tape over at AWA is amazing people. Uh, issue one and two are available now. Hopefully, like I, I always say this, hopefully issue one sold out because that's a good thing. But if uh -huh. it's not... Go to your LCS and grab issue one and then issue two and then ask them to get issue three for April 19th, right around that day. Um, and then there's a fourth one coming as well. Also pick up LS Ever After. I believe that's available in trade right now as well. Yeah, it um, just came out in trade. Yeah. Yeah. So that's available. And then obviously look for more news coming up in that. But that was announced at Comics Pro at the end of February that there's more coming for Alice Ever After. Uh, and then follow you on Urban Barbarian on Twitter and Instagram, right? Yeah, please. And buy Thanks, your Justin. variant covers. Yeah, I mean, thanks, man. I doing a great job. The spotlight, thanks, absolutely, man. absolutely. So we'll have you on again at some point in the future. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on, talking comics and talking black tape and a little else ever after uh, and and everything in between. Enjoy the rest of your day in uh, somewhat sunny, wet, not wet, <laughs> smoggy out today. California. Yeah. Okay, there you go. For now, right? <laughs> For now.
<laughs> but uh, I really appreciate you coming on again, Dan. Uh, and, and again, best of luck in everything in the future. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Cheers, everybody.